0: Hi guys, what's up? It is Candice. I'm recording my pod from Kyoto today in the middle of a typhoon. <laughs> I'm wearing my Japanese pajamas in my hotel room um and if you've been to Japan you know what I mean they are so cute here they set out robes and Japanese pajamas for you to always go to sleep in and they always give you toothbrushes and um they've got all the amenities without you ever having to ask for them including a kettle that you can make matcha with in the morning Um, But I just wanted to also say thanks for letting me have my break last week. Um, If you were with me at the very beginning of the Wabi Sabi pod, you'll know that I started recording this pod 19 to 20 weeks ago. And I didn't take a break. So I think moving from New York to LA constitutes for a short break. So there was a small period of time there where I asked for your grace. Um and I was so happy. <laughs> I was like doing normal things like throwing a party for all my friends before I left and making them cakes and seeing all my girlfriends at all the different magazines and um making out with different boys and having fun <laughs> and just like Enjoying life for a week and not worrying about like having to stick to this podcast. Um, everything's perfectly imperfect, right? Wabi Sabi. Um, moving day, which was over a week ago now, was insane and everything was wabi Sabi. It was so perfectly imperfect. It wasn't perfectly imperfect. It was just a fucking mess. So, um, and it wasn't that we weren't organized. We were actually highly organized. It was that. People do have to work together on teamwork otherwise um, things don't flow and I had some really awesome people from my team in house that day like Cecilia took me to the airport and dropped me off with my three bags and CC, my chunky tuxedo cat Um, and then my parents picked me up at San Diego after we had thrown everything of mine in New York in my pod. I had to say bye to all my houseplants. I gave them away to numerous friends and people that work with me. And, um, I said bye to everybody the night of my party, um, That was really, really hard. I haven't opened the cards that a bunch of you gave to me because I haven't been able to process the move. Gosh, am I just like 20 for 20 on crying on every single one of my podcasts? It's so crazy because I do these alone on purpose now because I feel like I give you so much more when I'm just by myself and in my thoughts. But yeah, that was, that was tough. My agents came out for it. My best friends came out for it. All, everybody that I work with and have worked with and every friend that I had met along the way that was so special to me came. And I think it meant even more to me that everybody was like so busy and crazed and when, when you have a going away party, you really can measure who your real friends are because they will virtually drop everything and be there. Um, and what was even more special was at the end of the night, I had so many close friends there that they didn't let me leave until we cleaned up and got the all the Belvedere, like where it needed to be and all the cake plates and all the gifts and cards and everybody was trying to help me get a car home and it was just so sweet. And of course, everybody has a hot neighbor, right? So my hot neighbor and I hung out and when I got home super late um, and we stayed up till like four in the morning and it was just like the Empire State Building turns off its lights at at a certain time and when I saw the lights go out for the last time. Um, I just pushed myself into chaos the next day. Because I didn't really want to feel pain or, or sadness. So here I am in Kyoto in the middle of a storm. Shooting a documentary. Anyways. Sorry, that was a really long intro, but, like, there's a lot that's happened from the last time that I recorded. Also, I don't have my professional equipment with me, so if this pod sounds cheapo deluxe, that's because it is. (laughs) Wabi-sabi. But I want to talk about the most important thing that I learned. Um, I was able to interview the most amazing person i've ever sat with in my entire life 2 days ago he his name is mr nishi and he is an atomic bomb survivor from nagasaki he is 87 and he was in middle school and junior high when it was a normal day nineteen forty five in the middle of the war um he was not expecting obviously any of this to happen. The saddest story about Nagasaki. And Hiroshima also is, is that there was actually never a warning given. And if you have been to the museums to see the aftermath of what happened, that is very rarely ever spoken about in Japanese or American culture. It's journalists and writers like myself that have to actually speak about it because it's so sad that nobody talks about it the japanese have pride and ego and also i'm positive that they feel large a large sense of of guilt and shame from the war um and <clears throat> when it was august 9th 1945 at 11 02 a.m., when the atomic bomb, was the second atomic bomb was dropped onto Nagasaki. And there's a lot that we can learn from Nagasaki. It is the place where World War Two ended, it is also the only place that was open to the rest of the world. The port of Nagasaki was open to foreigners, not freely, but controlled opening as the country was closed off for hundreds of years from the outside world. It's also a very special place because um, Christian missionaries came in and shared their religious beliefs with the Japanese as well. So it's a very unique place in Japan. It's a hundred and fifty miles from where my grandma's house is and where I grew up going and where my mom was born and where my Jichan and Bachan were born. Um, on the island of Kyushu. So in southern Japan, that's where the port of Nagasaki lies. It's also where I grew up spending my time um as a kid and uh, I don't know why my heart just kept telling me to go there, and my friend Lauren Scharf that I work with on many of my ventures in Japan, who is a um, a coordinator and a travel, like a massive travel expert out there, she connected me to Professor Flake, who is an American who now lives in Japan and teaches at the university over in Nagasaki, and we spent an entire day there. Um, and I knew Mr. Nishi when he walked up because I, it just, I just took one look at him and I was like, this is the greatest treasure that we have ever had the grace and honor of being in the presence of. And he was just a normal looking Jichun kind of guy, but there is usually a tremendous amount of pain that's behind the eyes of these survivors. Um, The government has very much tried to offer to help them and some of them refuse the help because they feel guilty for living but if you go and visit the museums in Hiroshima and Nagasaki which aren't actually that far apart from one another um, you would just have to get a Japan Rail Pass to visit both easily. But the the thing is, is you'll see what happened to these people. It wasn't just severe burns and wounds. I mean, people were were virtually scorched to death when the bomb hit. Um, People were blinded. Their ears were pierced. They um, were working in factories like children were forced to start working and leave school and schools closed so that the Japanese could become more powerful in World War II. And there is so much history behind the thought process of how the Americans decided to build an atomic bomb, spend billions with a B of dollars on this bomb and then justify the usage of, of it on innocent civilians, mostly in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, I I could do a whole episode just on learning from our past, because it makes such an impact on our future and if you're wondering why i have such a devotional calling to speak about these things as a writer journalist it's because my mother is japanese and my father is polish american and my father is a u.s navy veteran and he was stationed in japan during the war when he was in the navy and that's how he met my mom in tokyo near kamakura And when my dad was stationed in Yokosuka and the Japanese and the Polish are two of the greatest populations of, of civilians who have suffered the most during times of war. And I don't know how it dawned on me many years ago that I was like this, this American girl that had this deep rooted heritage that I can't really deny. And although you see me on Iron Chef or Dr. Oz or the E! E News or the Today Show looking fabulous, I mean, there is a lot of depth to the culture and heritage that's been brought to me throughout my life. And so for for those of you who are immigrant children, um, I really am going to stand tall and proud and encourage all of you to look back to your heritage for strength and honor and wisdom, kindness, and for moral values and... I appreciate so many of you, my hands on my heart, that write to me about how you feel about this podcast because it is not planned. It is not contrived. There are no ads. I'm not getting paid to do this. I just absolutely love telling stories that are worth telling and sharing. And I appreciate each of you for listening and sharing the pod and also understanding that I am reminding you of your morals and values. Do not forget where you came from. It is a vital part of your lifeline and your legacy to carry on. Now, I took notes on what I want to teach us today, and that is how we can all rebuild And think about Mr. Nishi in this process. Imagine if you were 13 years old and you were the only member of your family left. You were orphaned in an instant. And when you found the bones and scorched bodies of your cousin, your sisters, and your mother, and you had to hand bury them on your own at 13... If you can imagine what the stench was of burning bodies everywhere and immediately after the bomb was dropped people's skin melted off of their bodies and they were like zombies in search of omizu which is water they were begging for water after that they also begged to die because they were in so much pain from the burns and people's organs were exposed. That's how bad they were burned. And although I am completely under the notion and understanding that this was war, what is so terribly hard to understand is that the civilians, innocent children and women and and elderly, were the ones intertwined, which is the reminder for all of us that war is never actually an answer, or any good. The only thing I can think of is that Mr. Nishi, at 87, was here to sit with us. I'm shooting a documentary with a group of friends who works at a a cancer specialist hospital with an oncologist, Dr. Contreras. Um, and his family and they have been wonderful to me and this opportunity to interview Mr. Nishi on his survival and his his form of rebuilding and how Nagasaki stands as a form of Kintsugi virtually a, a town that has been rebuilt after the ultimate demolishment if that's even a word That what we find is is that the survivors feel guilt. They go through pain. And we must remember that it's not just the keloid scarring and the birds and the scars and burns that they'll have all over their body for the rest of their life. It's more of the mental scarring that will destroy a person. And so Today we talk about how we are all capable and well of rebuilding, and if there are individuals who have survived this kind of terror, then you can too. I don't want to hear you complaining about you losing your job, or your boyfriend breaking up with you, or your apartment, or how you couldn't sleep last night, or how you have body issues or you have, you know, I don't know, some Tinder guy. (laughs) Not important, you guys. You know, I have all those issues too, completely and honorably. And I tell my friends about them And, and just, you know, got upset right now about how I have to rebuild my whole career out in California now. And you know what? I need to shut the fuck up. Because after what I saw the last few days, um, my life won't be the same again. I know that. I've been to Hiroshima. I've been to the Peace Memorial Museum in Hiroshima and Okinawa and now in Nagasaki and done heavy amounts of studying there. And sometimes there are these like memories ingrained in my brain of what I saw. And although they diminish over time... We can never allow ourselves to actually forget what war presents to us. Let's use it as a form of destruction and trauma. And and we can use it as an example when people rebuild in a form of kintsugi as an example and a metaphor for us to look at. So... I want you to think about Mr. Nishi, 13 years old, in junior high, emaciated with like everybody there was emaciated because they had no food and they also had tuberculosis, they had lice, they had fleas, they had every disease imaginable because they were going through war. And this is not a pretty war that you see. It never is wabi-sabi, but it is certainly... a visual that you can see and I'll post a picture of Mr. Nishi and I so you can see how lovely this gentleman is after going through hell and back but I want you to remember if you had to bury your own mother's bones that were scorched to death in front of you for no true reason as a direct impact on a civilian I understand that as a nation it was war it was war We get it, but I pray and hope that all people suffering out there in the world, which are millions and billions of people, I pray and honor those who are going through it because you are not alone and may your suffering be alleviated in some form. Typically, it is in a form of time. Time is the greatest grace that we can give one another, but we can also continue to pray for people. So the first thing I need you to understand, after now that you've heard about my the going away process that I gave to myself, was that I gave myself time to actually process what happened. So I went to shoot this documentary in Japan with this wonderful group of medical experts, and what's been happening is on my downtime I like to be alone and I go for walks this morning I ran a couple of miles through the temples of Kyoto in the rain and a few days ago I ran through Ueno Park by the Tokyo Metropolitan Museum where my grandfather had his collections when he was about my age displayed so I saw nature I saw history I saw my family I saw artistry and I saw the most amazing individual I've ever been able to interview and and all of these things are giving me the grace and the time to process and grieve and understand that my situation is not bad at all. In fact, I took myself out of New York because I was getting too comfy there. I needed somebody to re-stimulate my creative thinking, my creative process, my intuition Everything I've ever imagined and dreamed of, my inspiration, what inspires you? Are you too comfortable in your environment? That is why I ripped myself out of New York City, which is not something I wanted to do. But it is a choice I made, so now i got to own it. I'm giving myself time to process the grief, the anguish, the anger, the sadness. To feel is to be human to feel pain is to be tolerant, to endure is to be graceful. And I pray for each of you going through a transition right now. This is a process. Do it on your own time. Do it your way and fuck what anybody else says or thinks. Fuck them. You don't need people telling you what to do with your life. This is your life. You choose how to live it. And I'm with you 100% if you are an artist and you are going through it. This is not an easy time, but I do want you to remember the situation on August 9th, 1945, which includes Mr. Nishi and his pain and suffering and thousands of others. About 70,000 people lost their lives on impact and about another 70,000 people, maybe more, died afterwards through radiation cancer and tremendous amounts of suffering i can't even describe to you how bad it was it was bad it was as worse as 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 bad it was ever as it was ever going to get and please don't think that i'm not going to visit many other places where there is suffering and pain because kintsugi is my anthem, and I will be there to tell the stories for these people, because they deserve more than anybody on this planet for their stories to be told. Now, we can all rebuild. We are capable of rebuilding. You better think about Hiroshima and Nagasaki as an example of how you can rebuild. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of golden repair. It is the art of time, process, allowing, healing and mending and sealing and doing the work so you're not just going to sit around and wait for things to get better are you you're going to get out there and you're going to make them better because you are an honorable human being with so much to share in this world you are the light remember that feeling pain anger sadness grief all of the feels is okay feel them I am with you now we also must learn from what happened so we have these museums all over the world that celebrate lives lost terror anguish we we remember we remember I used to live right by the 9-11 Museum I will walk through there on occasion and go and pray for those people. I oftentimes think about visiting Poland for many reasons because that is where my dad is from and where where he was born and I feel a deep calling to see and feel my heritage. I have friends from all over the world, including Iran, Syria, Saudi Arabia, So many places where there is suffering. I have friends who spend much of their time working in South America and Africa. And with those who are less fortunate, even right here in the U.S. And I honor and support them with all of my heart. Because they are the most honorable individuals to me that are giving their time, their love, and their life to others to be of service. What we learn from what happened is that rebuilding is possible, that rebuilding is up to the individual. Rebuilding is a real thing, and we all have the opportunity to rebuild. You are lucky that you are where you are right now in this moment, do not take it for granted. My God, have I been able to live a wonderful life and I will continue to remind you of the humility that I have gone through because it is just a reminder that we are the same. We are the same. I landed at 10.30 p.m. on Saturday. I was lucky enough for my parents to come pick me up with my cat. They probably wanted to see Cece, my cat, more than me. One of my bags was lost. Wabi Sabi it included all of my podcast equipment my cameras my laptops and somebody on my team packed that bag by the way don't ever pack all of your electronics together um I got in the car and we closed the door and we had to figure the bag stuff out later which was also a mess and I was leaving two days after San Diego for Japan and I remembered the car being silent on the way home. There was no congratulations. You did amazing in New York. You killed it. You were there for about 10 years. You fucking nailed it. You're awesome. You're great. You're beautiful. None of it. I got in the car and I just sat there. I'll tell you the story about getting on that airplane another day because I'll just end up crying more, and it was devastating. And again, I'm not gonna sit here and feel sorry for myself, because that was my, my choice. I will tell you that when we got home, it was 11.30, I took all my makeup off, I took a shower, I put my PJs on, I was in my childhood room at my parents' house, I got, went downstairs to say goodnight, And my mom and I both have our PJs on, no wake up. And she looks at me very quietly and she says, welcome home, Candace. No balloons or flowers or any of that daydreaming that I thought was going to happen, no signs, no card, just a, a small little welcome. I don't know what I was thinking because I know my parents well. Remember, they want me to be that football that they're going to punt as far out there as possible. Feel the sadness, the pain, the anger. Learn. Learn and grow from what you have gone through and what others have gone through, as an example. Remember that growing is pain. Growing is painful. Growing is tolerance. Growing knows no end or beginning, and growing is immeasurable. We all know that growing will be painful and that you will have to work through that pain. And the best way that you can do that is to give yourself the time to grieve and to learn and take from it the good and try to do something good with that. Wabi Sabi, every little step in rebuilding. You're mending a little bit at a time. Now you've got to learn how to move on to the next one. Just like Jay-Z says, it's the one thing you can do. On to the next one. You got to plan it. You got to put those ideas out there. And I am really excited because as I've been going through it and learning and grieving, I actually had my eyes opened a bit more now that I'm out of the city and out of the forest and I can see the whole picture now I know what I'm really good at and I'll be launching my own production company in LA that will be focused on very very exquisite content and it'll be a female-based company and it'll have a Japanese streak to it and what makes it so exciting is that I am Japanese like I am Japanese American and there are not many women out there killing it in that space that can represent and it's just time for me to do this it really is and I commend all the other women that I've seen out there that have been killing it lately Karian Naba and Naomi um who just won actually the um she won Tennis match at the US Open, and and I just thought, Naomi Osaka, wow, like she's like me, she's a mixed kid, Japanese, and don't think for one second, being 10 hours ahead here, um, that I'm going to be killing it at all of my meetings. So I've got Tokyo meetings lined up that my agents just rocked out. And at the end of the day, everybody keeps saying this over and over it's not us, it's you. You're the reason why they want these meetings. Now I can't mention all of what I'm working on right now because as you guys know, I like to keep things under wraps while I'm putting my head down and working, but I will tell you there's a lot of good travel, food, and lifestyle and wellness and beauty content coming. So please keep afloat with me. And this is so fucking exciting because I'm basically narrating my whole life for the last few months. So you're learning with me. And I'm so glad because now that you know how alike we are and how much we have in common and how we all suffer, I'm stoked. You know, coming from a blue collar family, and this ain't no joke, motherfuckers. This has been a crazy ride. Last on my list to do is to execute, which I just said, you must Go out there and fucking kill it. Don't just say you're going to start your photography business. Don't just tell me about your book idea. Don't just say you're going to go and marry this guy. <laughs> go and do it. Because there's so much like goodness out there. There's so many good people. I'm so grateful for the clients that I've had. My agent spoke at my going away party and he noted that we signed 75 fucking big, bad-ass branding deals when I was in New York and I didn't even realize it. Sometimes when you're out there dreaming with your head virtually in the clouds and you're working hard, penning six books, writing the 75 branding deals, giving them content, giving them production, giving them direction, whatever it is that you're doing, executing it at the parties. You're living, you're rebuilding, you're doing the work. So keep going, you guys. Nothing is going to be easy. Not one thing is going to be easy but you were going to make it look fucking easy and great and amazing and beautiful and cherished and beloved and all of those things. You're fucking awesome. And I don't want you to forget it, but in the process of rebuilding, it is about gum the endurance and the tolerance. So you put your head down and work hard. If anything, use me as a unicorn of an example of a young girl who grew up in San Diego, who has taken Tokyo Kyoto, Beppu, Osaka, all over Japan as a kid, watched your parents work hard, looked at them, two different religions, two different backgrounds, family in Poland, family in Connecticut, family in Japan. And yet we all lived in Cali, just me, my mom, my dad, and sister, nothing special. And I went out there and I fucking crushed it in New York because my uncle once said, if Candace can make it there, she'll make it anywhere for sure. You don't fucking think I'm going to sit around and all, all of you motherfuckers out there who think that I'm going to get depressed and sit around and lonely now that I'm not in New York, go fuck yourself because that's not going to happen. Might I remind you, my own mother told me I'd never ever make something of myself in culinary school. Her words verbatim, you can cook for your friends, but you can't cook for a living. All right, mom, I'll fucking show you and I did. Don't you ever forget it. So don't worry about me, guys. Go worry about yourself. Don't ask me if I'm okay. Go fucking worry about yourself. Okay, you can ask me if I'm doing okay, but you know what I mean. Don't like do the puppy dog like, I don't even need like coddling. (laughs) I am like Superwoman. <laughs> okay. So you guys were given an opportunity on Insta to write to me and ask me some questions. So I would love to answer some of those questions. So a lot of you decided instead of focusing more on beauty that you wanted to hear more on wellness. I got you. I hear you out. You guys are amazing. So some of you asked me um, questions. So one of them was about how to stay busy and focused while you have to work like 10 other jobs. And the way that I can sort of answer this is I just kept my head down and put deadlines on the table. So like if I'm writing content that's due for Belvedere, um, I always put content that's due first and then I work on all my other side hustles. So like stick to your deadlines and be on time and be good to your clients because they want to see you shine but they also want their work and they want their work done well and you better treat them like gold along the way. Some of you also asked me about my diet. So it's really Basic, but it's also like on trips like this, I do indulge. But I wanted to explain my rules so that you kind of get it. So I've been the same size since high school, so it's all about balance and it's water with fresh vegetables. I really like um, having something fermented every day, so that's miso, or yogurt, or kimchi or fermented pickles and of course at home in cali it'd be like kombucha but i don't really take those probiotic
1: pills anymore because i've been researching that they don't really work um and my mom called the other day and was like you know sometimes a probiotic pill they say it's not good you and your father you like the gummies yeah we do like the gummies mom but now that we're getting verification from a scientific angle
0: that they're not all good, that's something we have to think about. Oh, and by the way, thanks for writing me on Instagram for your ideas, guys. I totally took all the notes. And um, another question that was asked to me was also about um, dating and work and like how I balance that. So here's the thing is, is if you wanna prioritize like your life, like you do say with uh, deadlines at work, that works sometimes because um, I am ready to find like a nice person in my life. I I say that all the time and I'm like, uh, I really do like being single so much. I, I quite enjoy it, um, but I do want to travel a lot. So I've been prioritizing my travels now so I can promote my book around the world and also at the same token, meet some new men because you just never know where you're going to meet this person. My father met my mother in Japan and my mom met my father while she was like studying at a Buddhist temple, Kamakura,
1: And it was not planned. My sister met her boyfriend, Ev, out in, um, in London and they have so much in common with cycling
0: and, you know, it's just so cute. Another friend of mine met her Scottish man out traveling in Europe as well. I mean, this whole thing on, you know, all the apps and stuff, it's fine, but it's like, it's not that exciting to meet somebody that way. So get fucking out there. And that's how I balance my life. I just have, I want to do what feels good and have fun, not really follow any rules. But in the notion that, you know, I'm more ready to settle down now as as far as settling down for Candace K goes, that means like maybe we'll shack up together or maybe I'll get a home with this person and be by coastal in LA and New York. I mean that's the goal and the dream. And now I'm thinking about opening up an office in Tokyo also. So you really just have to think about what priorities you want to put out there and focus a little more on those. So again, because I know that it's time for me. I'm traveling a lot now that I don't have Um, a lot of commitments with men and kids and all that. So I'm like, Hey, I can, I can do this now for one good last world trip. And then I'll think about all those other things along the way, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. Be good to you. Love yourself. You're so beautiful and have fun, dude. Have fun after sitting with Mr. Nishi and I just wanted to be around him after the interview. So we just sat together and enjoyed each other's company. And I would put my hand on his back just so he knew how much I supported him. I mean, you could tell he thought it was really cool that I was Japanese American, but also he had spoken about the pain that America caused him and the U.S. caused him and how, how much he hated the U.S. at that time when he was a child he was devastated by them he was so angry and that was a huge huge common way of thinking after the bomb was dropped everybody there was was terrified and angry and if you were directly impacted 10 times over and rightfully so but don't you forget about the pleasures in life that make you feel good i know that Wanting to interview a war survivor from Nagasaki was always a dream of mine. My hand is on my heart. And now that I've done it, I feel good in knowing that Mr. Nishi and I will always be friends. And I care about him a lot. And Professor Flake and to our whole team, uh, Daniel, the director, and Marcella, the creative director, and Sandra, the photographer, and the, the shooting crew everybody we were all there and oh and michiko-san my god michiko our fixer um is actually on bourdain's team since 2000 she started with him she was his og fixer in japan and i feel honored and grateful to be working with this team out here in japan right now i love you guys thanks for listening and being so fucking cool and um you know just a little thought on wellness since that is what you guys want to hear about the most today don't forget to eat something fermented every day and keep the
1: sugar on low. Eat tons of vegetables, unlimited amounts. Drink a lot of water. Go for green tea that's unsweetened when you want something to drink, like Itoen, Tea's tea makes a great rose tea. And in the words of advice from my mother, you know, life is kind of what you are going to do. You can make it great if you want to make it great, but if you can do something big with your life, why not do it? And I bid you adieu with a note. It's actually an email from my mother
0: about my grandfather. And she wanted me
1: to know all of this, and I'm sharing it with you. Candice, I hope you are safe in Nagasaki. I checked Ji-chan's book, he started to send his paintings to Tokyo before 1945. All right, I can't do her voice the whole time. She'll probably get
0: pissed. (laughs) Now, she continues to say, because he won a prize
1: at Oshio Exhibition in Tokyo, he passed a 1948 Niten Exhibition First. It's the Japan Art Exhibition in Ueno Park. Seems like he kept sending his paintings in between 1945 to 1977. He passed 22
0: times for these years. Wow, that's amazing. Unbelievable. He went to Spain in 1978 and stayed one year in Europe. So my grandfather really did that. He did go to Spain in 78 and stayed for a whole year in Europe. He had his own exhibition several times, and you got to visit two of his big ones in Oita, which is over in Kyushu, very close to Nagasaki. He had struggled with his art and tried very hard to create his own art. He was an impressionist painter. And don't forget... He started to send his paintings to Tokyo before 1945, which is the year both atomic bombs were dropped. That means throughout the course of having to rebuild the country of Japan, while my grandparents were virtually starving because there was no food, they had to go out and scavenger for weeds. Um, They ate like very little sweet potato that they had, plus tiny bits of Gohan, with a little bit of weeds and they'd just throw it into a bowl together and eat it to survive. But I want you to know that during the war and post-war, Japan was rebuilding. And at this time, my grandfather, Jun Kumai, actually toured the world painting, turning in his artwork to the Japan Art Exhibition Sending his paintings in from 1945 to 1977. Passing those exams to get in 22 times. And then going to Europe to paint his heart out. To do what he loved. And then remember, mom says in here, he had struggles with his art. And he tried
1: very, very hard to create his own art. She says at the end of the letter, I hope this will help you to think about your grandfather's art. Well, you have to think it through. What you should say in front of the camera. Ganbatte kudasai. kyotsuke tsukete ne. Love, mom. And she put emojis of a cat smiling, hearts moving, a cat, Mount Fuji, Japan, and something that didn't process
0: on the email. <laughs> <laughs> FML fuck my life. This is it guys. This is the one we've got. Don't forget to rebuild like crazy. Please follow me on Insta and tell a friend. I don't know why, but I've been going through a monstrous up and down of like tons of followers and then tons of people unfollowing. So please follow. I don't buy followers. And so it means a lot to me. I don't buy likes either, And I have to compete with people that buy both of those things. So it means a lot to me that you write to me on there. You tell me that I'm doing a good job. And you tell me what you want to hear more of. And you help to share my pod with two friends. Please write your review. I've been reading them all. It's a gift to me. It's an honor to do this work for you for free and to continue to do so. But I need your support. So I need your Instagram follows, your friends to follow. And I need your downloads and your subscriptions to the wabi sabi podcast send me a review i read them all i love you i hope you're doing great and take care of yourself you're gonna be fine and in the process of rebuilding you're lucky that you're not going through the rebuilding of a country during war you already have the upper hand here you're handed one deck of cards sometimes and you gotta play the best game with what you've got have a great week, guys. On to the next one.
1: Ciao, or as we say in Japan, sayonara. Hold up. Somebody bring me back some money, please. On the next On Somebody bring me back some money, please. On to the next one. On the